hello and welcome to the Unmasked Podcast. This is at C. Talene and I am here with Southern Cynic and we are doing a special recording and we are talking about The Last Jedi tonight. Hey, Southern Cynic. Hey. So you are a little bit under the weather, but you brought some guests with us tonight. So we have Rob with us and Lori, who are some fellow Star Wars fans. Hey, Rob. Hello. Hey, and Lori, welcome to the Unmasked Podcast. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm so happy. Um, so Southern Cynic has several um, DM groups focused on Star Wars. So luckily she added me to a couple and I was able to put the word out to get some guests here for us to talk about The Last Jedi. So I'm excited to talk about this. Um, when did you see the movie, Rob? Opening night or after? Or before? <laughs> um, I'm just going to give the calm and polite answer of possibly before. Possibly before. Okay. And Lori, when did you see We're it? We're all going to jail. I <laughs> saw it the um, Friday morning. So I didn't go see like the midnight show, but I was there at 9.30. So 9.30 a.m. A.m. Friday morning. Yep. Wow, girl, that is amazing. I know, um, Southern City, did you go two days ago? Um, I was supposed to go Friday night, but I had a misadventure with the Christmas party and um, got too drunk, so I couldn't go. Yes, the misadventure of the drinking kind. Yes, wine happened. It was um, so I ended up going Saturday afternoon and... Not a lot of Star Wars fans in my um, in my theater that I could tell. A lot of, couple of kids, but it was kind of subdued. Just really quiet. It was odd. I'm sorry. I went to the 10:30 um, showing, and my theater did after six o'clock. Every theater was showing Star Wars. They weren't showing anything else but Star Wars from six o'clock until about 2 a.m. They had a 2 a.m. showing, and they had cosplayers there. And so I went to the 1030 at our IMAX and it was a great crowd. They were really loud. It was fun. I, I didn't know I was about to see it in IMAX and 3D because we had gotten the tickets so many months early, but it was, it was, it was good. Was it good in 3D? Because there's only like two scenes that I would have preferred to see in 3D. I personally but. didn't think it was needed um, for my enjoyment. Did anyone else see it in 3D? I didn't see it in 3D, but I I find that a lot, particularly with Star Wars. Like, this didn't need to be in 3D. Mm -mm. I could have perf I could have lived perfectly in 2D, not having to put on these uncomfortable glasses, you know, just for one scene that was truly shot in 3D. Yeah. What about you, Lori? I saw it in 3D. Um, I didn't really. It didn't really seem like 3D. Mm -hmm. But um, I had to wear the glasses over my glasses so I could actually see and not have a migraine. It was pretty awesome. Well, you know, our IMAX, I had to sit in the third row from the front and I wear glasses too. So because I was so close and it's the IMAX, I actually got to take my glasses off and just wear the 3D glasses. But that was the only good part. I mean... It's, it, it wasn't necessary. It was nice to see it in the IMAX just because it was so big, but they didn't need to 
waste money so, doing 3D. Like, the battle at Crate, was that good in 3D? Because that's that's really all the only part that I would have wanted to see in 3D because the colors were popping so hard. I mean, Agreed. it was beautiful. It was, the colors were beautiful. But once again, like, I really didn't notice, like, I can't even think about what stood out for me as far as something that was amazing in 3D. Can you think of anything, Lori, that was just like, oh my God, this oh. is so much better? No, not really. So all those tits weren't popping out for you? You are. <laughs> wow. This I is, did feel like I could reach out and touch them. <laughs> wow. Motorboat them. Because they okay, were so maybe, big. I, Maybe I'll, I'll reconsider this 3D. <laughs> He's got big titties. I'm sorry. Who I thought Kylo Ren. You know what? I am not. <laughs> he, hey, he's got big titties too. Oh. So many things wrong with this entire line of discussion. You know what? The shirtless scene was, he knew that he was going to be shirtless. Mm. So I feel like push-ups were in order. And then he wouldn't have had that problem. Just oh. it's that you know. Just been a some press presses. Have you felt maybe it? do some uh, bench presses? But it's like Jordan. I'm I'm basing this on the fact that I know Michael B. Jordan knew he was gonna be shirtless in Black mm. Panther, and thus his pecs are on point. I feel like if you know you're going to be shirtless in the movie, your pecs should be on point. Be able to bounce <laughs> a muscle on them. I feel like, though, you know, Kylo Ren has his own little workout routine. He just stands in the mirror talking to himself. Yep. There's been an awakening. If you I'm felt so it, I'm, so I'm going to do some push-ups now. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> I'm. Do you notice I'm being silent about your boy, Southern Cynic? <laughs> And I'm only saying it to give her grief because it amuses me. Um, I'm just too sick and tired to defend him today. So you guys can go ahead. I'll just rip you in the DMs when I'm feeling that. Eek. Eek. Uh, I okay. mean, it's not the first time I've been blocked. Yeah, she's going to be, She's she's gotten on to me a couple times about teasing her about Kylo Ren's tantrums in the past. So I'm prepared for it. So I found this Star Wars movie to be the first one where I was consistently laughing. Like, they were making lots of jokes in this movie, and I was kind of caught off guard a little bit. They started off with um, Poe picking fun at Hux, which I was like, are they just doing this whole riff here with this joke? So there were lots of funny moments in the movie. Was, the were you caught off guard? What did you think? I, I thought the comedy was really, really well done. It flirted the line with being too much, but it, it was just so funny, especially from that first scene, the can you hear me now scene. I've dubbed it. Um, you know, him sitting there talking to a, <laughs> to a General Hux and going, you know, I, I, I can't hear you. I can't hold forever. Meanwhile, you know, he's stalling. Just that little bit combined, hey, I'm, I'm doing something strategic with something funny. And it seemed like that kind of permeated 
the whole movie. Mm-hmm. What was your and favorite? Were, no, keep going. And there were other there were other really funny moments, particularly around uh, Rose. Uh, you know how she's just kind of a, a puppy of a human being. She loves everything, gets really excitable. Um, so there's a lot of comedy coming out of that. Uh, Leia slapping the hell out of Poe Dameron. <laughs> mm. I loved it. Yes, yeah, slap him. Mm. Wow. What did you, Lori, what did you think? Were you laughing? That took a left turn. Um, I did, <laughs> but I also think there was so much emotion in some of the other scenes that you kind of needed it. Balance? I mean, the scenes with Luke, and even Luke's funny scenes, I mean, there was so much tension and so much drama in his scenes and the scenes with, you know, they're fleeing the First Order and the fact that they can even still find a comedy in their souls to have, you know, with all that going on. I thought it was a good balance. Um, I always say that um, Revenge of the Sith is my favorite prequel movie because it's full of unintentional comedy. Like, I don't think they intended it to be as funny as it is. Um, there are some scenes where I think they intended it to be lighter than others, but I don't think that you were supposed to laugh out loud, like belly laugh. And so... Was your crowd laughing the whole movie? Like, my crowd was in stitches. Yeah, they were, they were crying. Like, there were times when I laughed and nobody else laughed. And then there were times where everybody was just cracking up laughing and we missed the next line because everybody was laughing. Yeah. Yeah, we had that too. What about you, Southern Cynic? What was your funniest moment? Um, Poe and Hux. That that was funny. Um, it almost went a little too long for me, but uh, I was cracking up. And I appreciate what Ryan did by giving us these little moments because I fully went in thinking that this entire movie would be completely dark. Mm-hmm. So comedy was very welcome. Yeah, the only thing that was funny but also a little disturbing. I have to talk about this scene because when I saw it, the guy, the guy who was sitting next to me, he and I kind of formed this relationship because I would be making these comments and he would laugh at my comments. So I was like, okay, he's not mad that I'm talking in this movie. But do you remember the scene when Ray first, like one of the first days she's there with Luke and he's kind of doing his morning routine and he's milking that animal? <laughs> and the sound it was making when he was milking her and then she it, looks at me. It was like fizzy. It was like it wasn't deep or anything. Why was so it was so wet. It was so <laughs> I felt like I was watching porn for a second. And the way he looked when he took a swing. Like, he just looked back at Ray and was just like, mm, got milk. Oh, does the body good but you're right it was a very distressing um, <laughs> I, I've actually given this scene a little bit of thought <laughs> because my I original thought why. was <laughs> I, my original thought was is this where blue milk comes from it was green boo. oh yeah that's that's a good point but but then I thought about it more because those animals were kind of like 
whales with boobs. Whales with boobs? I've watched it a couple of times (laughs) since it premiered. Field drafts or something. Like something out of Avatar. Oh, don't say Avatar. But they had blowholes and they were... They were clearly aquatic creatures, mm-hmm. and that's something you're not going to find on Tatooine. Well, I just want to know <laughs> what made decide. Oh, I'm going to milk this. <laughs> I know, like, how do you do that for the first time? Like, excuse me, do you mind hey, if look, I get, get in here? It gets really lonely on that island sometimes. Oh. You have to try things, and oh, you may get surprised. Look, milk. Uh, but it just sounded like it was so pleasurable to it. It was just like it. Oh, it, I I didn't watch. Like <laughs> watch it again and watch the expression on the animals' faces. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Because I was like, I I literally said, "What the hell?" And the guy next to me started laughing. <laughs> oh, oh gosh. So what do we think about all of the obvious like marketing to kids um, in this movie? I mean, you have the porgs, you had, you know, the comedy, which I kind of felt like made it more of a family kid friendly movie. Some of the things like that, was it too much or was it a good balance? What do you think, Lori? I thought it was a good balance. Um, They always have, you know, they had the Ewoks, they had, you know, that came out from the original series. So um, the Gundans in the prequels, which didn't really do a whole lot of Mm-mm. marketing sales. I think they kind of hoped it would, but it didn't. And so having Chewie and the Porgs, I, I found that to be hilarious personally. Um, but I think it's, it's par for the course for what the series as a whole has done. Personally, mm-hmm. I didn't think it was too much. And I, I still want a crystal fox. So oh, I, they are beautiful. I know they were beautiful. I feel like they can kill on command, and I need that in my life. <laughs> I need an army of them. Yeah, my cat don't kill on command. Like she'll kill, but she doesn't kill on command. But does she bring you her kill? She does, and we've had discussions about that. She's a house cat, so mm. her kills are usually bugs and lizards. If a lizard gets in the house. Um, the problem is she likes to torture animals and so it's usually bits of things, not, not a whole carcass like a or a leg, a face and I'm like, little tiny surprises. Yeah. See, I was going to say the problem is you live in a place with lizards. I live in Virginia. I don't even know why I have lizards. It could be worse. Yes, it could. It could be worse. Because these are little ones. Is it, it's like the little tiny green ones? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, little garden toys. I have a big flower garden in front of my house. so. Oh, that's why. It could be roaches, so be blessed. I that is don't have it for not, as a matter of fact. I will <laughs> burn this house to the ground and start over again. Like, <laughs> these are extreme times. Roaches yeah. and snakes are not allowed in my house. No matter well, uh, Southern Cynic, what did you think about the marketing towards kids? Was it good, balanced? You liked it? You loved it? Uh, I liked it. I mean, George always said these movies were for 12-year-olds. I mean, I'm I'm pro-porg. I, I do think that they would be very tasty, but I oh. like the porgs. 
You thought um, so you thought Chewbacca prepared that pork yeah. correctly? Chewy had that pork marinated and seasoned. <laughs> and I feel so bad for him that he couldn't eat it because he felt guilty. That pork was looking good. That was that was a fine rotisserie pork. I know, right? Didn't it look juicy? It, it did. did. I think he had like his um, mop sauce. He had a little barbecue mop and he had mm. been mopping that that pork and turning it over the spit and everything and they just ruined it for him. He had some, uh, some of that intergalactic red bit, real barrel sauce. That's what that <laughs> Irving gave him lessons. Yes, Irving would have fought him for that barbecue pork. Uh, so, so you've, a little Henry, you talked about this a little bit, um, about the balance between the, the comedy and the emotion. So when did you get in your feels the most in the movie? The first time Le Leia was on the screen, I was sitting in the movie theater and she comes on the screen and I was like, Leia, no! And my friend who was there with me was like, would you please pull yourself together? Like, <laughs> we have like two hours and 30 minutes left in this movie. I'm going to need you to get your shit together. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm just... I'm getting there, but yeah, I I am still not okay with the mm -hmm. love of Carrie Fisher, and I'm not okay, you know, with any of that. And for real, when she used the force to save herself, I was done. I was done. If I wasn't already sick and um, tearing up because I couldn't breathe, I would have been in tears. Like, it was just that emotional for me. I know um, I watched uh, an interview with Mark Hamill. He was on the Graham Norton show recently. And he was talking about Carrie Fisher and he kept saying that for him, he's, he doesn't feel like he's been through all of the stages of grief with her because he feels very much like she's still here. Like she's still very much a part of him and a part of his life, especially with the movie coming out and you know seeing her in the movie doing the press junket and everything. So he really talks about the fact that she still very much feels alive to him. And even during the, the whole um, show, he mentioned her all the time, just like carry this and carry that. So the first time she came on screen in our movie, everybody clapped. It was just like a round of applause, which I really appreciate it because I, you know, you never know how a crowd is going to react, but the love for her when she first came on scene and then at the end when they had the kind of that in memory of our princess um everybody clapped again so i thought that was that was so respectful rob what was your in your feels moment from the movie i'd have to say probably when luke did the uh, force projection uh and all the uh at started firing on him and you know, I didn't know what was going on. You saw the, the sand turn red from the salt. Uh, so I thought, you know, they really got Luke. And, you know, since birth, that's been my hero. You know, he came from nothing, became Master Jedi, and I thought this was the end. This was the end of the legacy. And when he walked out, <laughs> when he walked out of that hail of fire, and did a Jay-Z brush the dirt off my shoulder, I was a wreck. I was through. I was through. You can't tell me nothing. But then, a few minutes later, okay, you get an even more emotional epitaph to mm -hmm. Luke Skywalker. 
I mean, you knew it was coming. You had to know it was coming. But it was just when you learned that he had grown so powerful that he could project himself across light years mm-hmm. from uncharted space to a system that's God knows where. And he used up basically all of his energy, all of his ability, all of his will to do this one thing and it drained him and you don't have Luke Skywalker anymore. Or do you? That's a good question. Oh, he's coming back. He's he, coming he has back. to come back. So Southern Cynic, what was your in your feels moment? Are we talking one moment? As many moments as you want to, baby. Okay. First of all, I don't- Lead us down the path of feels. I don't appreciate Ryan um, making it appear that Carrie died. I wasn't expecting that. Well, it was like I was expecting it, but it was so early in the movie. I was thinking, oh my God, this this can't be it. They're just Mm going to kill her off. We're going to go the next two hours, you know, without Leia. But when her, when they pulled in on her face and you could see the crystallization of her being in space in that moment, I just started bawling because she looked like the angel that she was to me. Mm. I lost it. And then she started using the force to come back to the ship. Oh, my God. And I don't understand why people have such a problem with her using, you know, suddenly having these force powers to do that. That's a whole nother tangent. Um, the second I mean, we can get into that if we want. We could, we could. I mean, I don't have a problem with it. I just don't understand why folks are just mad. Other than it did look kind of, you know, like she was the Wicked Witch of the West flying, you know, in Oz. <laughs> it was kind of weird, but still. Um, the second moment for me, uh, I'm going to have to say the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in a movie set in space ever was when Holdo took the ship to Theratus and flew it. Mm-hmm. hyperspeed through all of the first order ships everybody in my theater you could hear them inhale and hold their breath through that silence i want that as a screensaver that uh, the, the imagery of it was just beautiful but the impact you could feel the impact of the ship and what it meant for holdo to give her you know her self-sacrifice for the mm-hmm. rebellion it was, it was beautiful um luke Meeting with Leia yes. again. Yes. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. A kiss on the forehead and giving her Hans dice. I just, oh, my heart wrote, oh, it was too much. And it with Luke's end scene, I, the first time I saw it, I didn't realize what was happening because I was so focused on the image of the two sons. It kind of looked like there was a ship in the distance. And I was wondering, like, what's going on there? It was something weird about that shot, that mm-hmm. first shot. Trying to figure out what was going on and then you see Luke with tears in his eyes and I was like no this is happening this is happening now you know and I just I lost my I lost my cool it was it was a lot of beats in this movie the the up and down of it was just too much I think we needed that up and down I um some of the most emotional things for me is when Luke saw R2 that just brought me back to my childhood because it felt like all of a sudden I'm seeing that young Luke Skywalker that first introduced me to my love of Star Wars. 
So I, I love seeing him with R2. And then I also love seeing him with Yoda because as, as hard as, as, as he was trying to be with Ray, as soon as you see him with R2, as soon as you see him with Yoda, you see that he, he is still like this Luke that we knew, this Luke that does still have this glimmer of hope. Um, so, so both of those really got me feeling very nostalgic. Um, it sounds like you guys like that too. <laughs> I did. I thought that. I love that scene. I really love that scene. I love that. Yoda was like, I keep trying to tell you, you don't listen to me. I come back to you from the dead more than once and you're just not working with me. And he burns that tree down and looks like, hold the phone. This isn't what I wanted. But I mean, it's, it's such a good scene. It's such, mm -hmm. and they use the animatronic Yoda, not necessarily Yes. Yeah. And so it had the kind of stuttery movements and everything. And that was just like, yes, I was just clapping like a crazy person in the movie theater. I was so happy to see that. And uh, the, the thing I took away from that scene with Yoda was Luke, even after 40 years of being a Jedi, he's still learning. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where, you know, you can't train the boy, he's too old, because he'll be a senior citizen by the time he gets most of everything. Um, but yeah, I completely agree. I, I love puppet Yoda as opposed to CGI Yoda. And the fact that Yoda's still a crazy old coop. <laughs> I mean, Luke literally walks in and says, I'm burning it all. I'm burning the tree, the text. Uh, everything. Wait, no, I don't want to. Mm, hold my beer, you must. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that, that, that was beautiful. Um, another thing that got me in my feels, and I went to the movie with my two boys, and one is 15 and one is 13, and I said in the car, I said, wasn't it great to see all of those women? And they're like, what do you mean? I said, what do you mean, what do I mean? Didn't you see all of those women in, the, in this movie? They're in the bombers, they're, you know, they're flying, they're, they're blowing shit up, they're, they're in charge of everything. Didn't you see all that? And they're like, what do you mean, those two women? I'm like, what am I raising here? I felt so empowered just seeing all of these strong women on screen, and I just loved it. I loved it, loved it, loved it. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. it was pretty nice. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I was with it. I was with it, despite what Twitter may say. But I was entirely with Twitter, it. Twitter talks so much. Twitter's <laughs> messing stuff up for everybody. Everybody. I know. Yeah, Kelly's going through it now. Um, I'm seeing you know all this crap from crazy racist trolls messing up her Wikipedia page. What? <clears throat> oh, it's awful. It's awful. I'll, I'll have to send you the link, but they're just putting all kinds of racist crap on her page for Rose Tico. It's horrible. Mm -hmm. And you know, okay, so can we take a slight detour for a second? Mm. Why are people comparing Rose Tico to Jar Jar Binks? Explain what? to me what? how that is even remotely an option. I don't understand. So maybe... I don't know if you can help me understand because I'm 
clearly not missing. I'm I'm obviously missing something. I'm with you. I have no like. How can you even make that? Like, what connection? Well, that's the thing. Basically, they're like she's as she isn't as annoying a character as Jar Jar Binks. And I'm now I didn't necessarily. There are no characters as annoying as Jar Jar Binks. Well, I, in I don't any have a realm. problem with Jar Jar Binks necessarily, um, but you're not gonna diss my girl with that kind of. I mean, he was annoying, yeah, but I didn't necessarily think he was a bad character. I mean, I know a lot of people were like, "Oh, it's a bad representation of black people in film," and I'm like, "Yo, if you look at Jar Jar Binks and you see yourself, you got bigger problems." But well, I think part of that was the the person that was actually under the Jar Jar suit, if I'm not mistaken, was Jamaican. I remember he was black. I remember seeing the photos. I don't remember if he was Jamaican or American or whatnot. I don't know. But still, how do you bridge that between Jar Jar and Rose T? I saw it on Twitter, which I got to tell you, I'm going to stop looking at Twitter, um, but... But Rose, basically Rose was the most annoying character since Jar Jar Banks. And I'm just like, really? Because I thought she was adorable. I agree. And I, I think she was adorable too, but I, I, I do have an issue with her and Finn. Just It's just something that wasn't sitting right with the whole, their whole plot line. But she was wonderful. I love her. I love Rose Tico. And I want to see was her before. Was it possibly the kiss? That was kind of awkward. That was it, weird. Yeah, it felt forced. It really felt forced. Like, I could understand she admired him as a hero, as a rebel hero. Um, but to, to, to bring out love, that seems quick. Like, I know you a day. Um, yeah, we, look, we've been on one mission. Like, can you not? Can you not? Well, I don't even see it as love, you know? That, the relationships that are going on with everybody in this saga, to me, it's not romance. It's more of intense love for your friend, you know? Uh, Agreed. Ro- oh, kiss my mint, my friends on the lips. Well, you know, well then, girl, you ain't living. So I would, I think it's more of hero worship she was remember mm. <clears throat> when she came upon him and he was putting the stuff in the pod and he was trying to get away um and her zapping him with the stun gun was literally one of the funniest things in the whole movie it was <laughs> the look on his face. i can't feel my teeth but that was funny that and him um falling out of the chamber with all of the water coming out at the very beginning, that yes. was hilarious too. What do you mean? <laughs> Naked water dripping? Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> I, mean, I, think, I think part of his thing, her feelings stem from hero worship. She is looking at him as this rebel hero, and that's where a lot of the feeling comes from. And he's like, I'm not a hero. And she's like, but you are, you are. But you know, she realizes very quickly that he is a very flawed hero. Mm-hmm. But I think that's kind of where it comes from. It's more of a, a hero worship more than anything else. It's like, you know, reading about people saying that, that Ray and Kylo couldn't have a romance because they're on opposite sides of the force. And I'm like, but that's the thing. I think they're both gray. They're not, 
neither one of them are in the light and neither one of them are completely in the dark. I mean, Kylo couldn't kill his mom and he knew he, he, he sure murked his dad though. Well, he, you know, a lot of us could, but that's a different set of issues. But I mean, it's one, th- you know, anyway, um, but I don't think either one of the, I think that saying, you know, well, he's bad and she's good. No, I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think they're both gray in this instance right now where they are. They're both gray and Ray is tending toward, by the end of the movie, Ray is tending toward the light and Kylo is tending towards the dark. But at the moment when they're fighting back to back, they're on the same side. Like, you don't fight with somebody to your back unless you trust them. No. And that was such a beautiful fight. It really was. God. See, okay, so we're going to talk about badassery in a moment. And we'll have to pause to really delve into that badass moment. Um, when, you know, when we're talking about Rose Tico, I felt like she brought a level of humanity to the story. Because when they, when they were on their mission and Finn was just talking about how beautiful everything is and how great everything is and all the wealth and she made him stop and look closer. And I liked that she, you know, brought that moment of humanity to the story and thinking about how do you think these people got rich and look at these children and what's happening to them. So I appreciated that in her character. Um, I, 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 I liked her. I liked her. I mean, I had some problems with their mission in general but her as a character she's welcomed by me yes thank you yeah i was her own book. i was okay with rose herself i thought some parts of the mission were unclear and the the romance even the intense friendship aspect of it it didn't ring true like the hero worship Okay, so if this takes place, presume it takes place days after The Force Awakens because we have Rey on her timeline. She just got to Luke. That means it's been days since they destroyed uh, uh, Starkiller. I can't even imagine how word would get around about Finn to where... He's a hero of the uh, resistance. They got that resistance Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh, they got that resistance Twitter. Um, But yeah, it it just didn't didn't ring true to me. So we've kind of we've kind of slid into problems, and I know. And I've been purposeful about not listening to Twitter too much about The Last Jedi because my visceral reaction leaving the movie was, I really liked it. And I feel like the more you talk about something, of course, the more you're, you can pick apart and find more things that you might find problematic. So I've kind of been trying to stay away from that because like, I think my oldest kid has talked himself out of liking this movie, although he loved it after he saw it but after talking to his friends for a week now he's not sure but um after you watched it was there anything you found you know a little bit problematic or questioned in the story what do you think uh rob you were talking a little bit about some stuff 
Oh, there was tons mm-hmm. of really stuff that tons. I, I, tons. Oh, good Lord. Not but just like a little. Let me qualify that. Mm-hmm. Let me qualify that. Because none of it, exactly none of it, stopped me from enjoying the movie. And that's what, that that's where a lot of this comes from because people can't get past what they can't understand or they can't assimilate. Mm-hmm. And it takes away from that, that, that enjoyment i can separate those two things so yeah i came out with a laundry list of stuff that i didn't like or didn't make sense or didn't understand but again i still love this movie okay give us like your top three give me your top three see if we agree or disagree we might have to gang up on you uh let's see top three uh i didn't understand the whole hyperspace tracking. Like they went to great lengths to explain it. I felt they could have just cut that scene entirely and said, you know what? First Order's developed the hyperspace tracking. We're screwed. That's it. You know, that, that would have led to not having the scene in the casino, not having the scene with TJ, not having the scene where they have to have some reason to get on the Snoke ship. You know, there were, there were a lot of details that they only half explained and said, just trust us. Okay, I can, dispense, I can suspend this belief for a while. Um, number two, I think, would probably actually be um, Leia. When she got blown out of the, uh, off of the bridge. So, yes, I realize she used the force to kind of bring herself back. She did look like the uh, uh, Glenda the Good Witch coming back to the ship. And I can buy that. Where people have a problem in general with that was they've never seen Leia use the force if they haven't traveled outside of... of, basically the the seven movies that existed you know you haven't you haven't seen that so it was hard for people to digest oh she's a force user you know it, the natural inclination is to think as soon as she's blown out off of that bridge she's going to be annihilated in the vacuum of space to quote kqso or actually that was a uh, Bodhi, but uh Uh, number three, the <laughs> uselessness, the impracticality of tons of ships. I've always had a problem with this coming out of Star Wars movies. Like, why did that ship even have that? Uh, so looking at Kylo Ren's shuttle, why does it have the gigantic wings that are just too large for it to land? Uh, why did all of those speeders have a monoski? nothing that didn't help anything didn't stabilize anything you know i granted they had a bunch of crap speeders hanging around an abandoned base we're gonna make a stand with what we can but yeah completely impractical and the monastery didn't really help anything so So, that's my rant yeah and i don't think like those problems aren't huge problems to me kind of nitpicky 
but like you said, doesn't ruin the movie. Southern Cynic, did you have any problems? Um, I think all of my problems really center around Canto Bite and the mission there. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Getting DJ involved, I feel like, well, after the second time I saw it, I, I was able to swallow it a little bit more, but um, I feel like it, it, that could have been shorter. Or yeah. um, instead of, I, I didn't understand why they had them running around in their resistance gear, you know, just like kids in a candy store, excited and running around this casino and nobody was paying attention to them except the one dude who got upset about them parking on the beach. That just seemed weird to me. Like, why couldn't they, if, if we saw them getting dressed up to go onto the first order ship, why couldn't we see them? getting spiked up to go and you know peruse through these people to look for the guy with the with the pen um also uh i, I guess i i don't i don't know how i felt about dj um i mean i liked it in the end that they didn't try to redeem him and bring him around and he's yes gung-ho for the resistance i'm gonna help them out you know he trying to make him into a new han solo yeah they showed what a lot of people are in the galaxy. They're all for themselves. What they mm -hmm. Orlando. Yeah. Um, mm, Orlando. <laughs> but uh, it's. I just feel like they could have done something different with Cantobite or cut half of that out. Um, parts of it just look bad. The whole horse race thing. Uh, mm. Just no, no. And actually, I think they did cut out what's in the hook supposed to be at the casino, they had pictures of him in a, a speeder, you know. But um, Ryan did say today that there was gonna be like 30 minutes um, of footage that is gonna be on the Blu-ray. And I think some mm -hmm. of it was from Cantobite. Um, there was also supposed to be an addition of Ray interacting with this, as he said, very emotional scene between her and Luke. And I'm like, okay, well, why didn't you put that in the movie? You know? <laughs> so, um, we felt like we had jerked us around enough. Thank you very much. All right. Um, what other problems? Oh, come on. I'm like waiting Phasma. for your big problem. Hello. What the hell did they do with Phasma? <coughs> Phasma. Oh my there God. Go. I'm so upset. She's coming back. I am too. She's coming back. I, I have a feeling that she'll be back in nine, but, um, I think that would be so cool if she if she actually well, survived that fall, come back with like a gnarly scar over her eye where the mask. Yeah, looking is. like Zuko. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. She has to get her honor back now. But um, yeah, after reading the book, <laughs> I, and I've said it a couple of times on Twitter, this is going to be very painful for Finn. <laughs> he might not make it. He may end up back in that back the tank or on, in that suit again after uh, Fasma gets through with him. But she was on screen for what, two minutes? Less than that? N not the fight, barely. The fight was 20 seconds long. I was expecting more. It, it, the yeah. fight was more hyped up for me in the trailer than actually. Mm -hmm. I was very disappointed. Very disappointed. Yeah. Um, do you agree, um, Lori? Uh, yes, I agree. Um, now, as a tall person, I kind of <laughs> um, and 
but as a black person, I was rooting for Finn. I didn't know. It was weird. I, I had torn loyalties at that point, but yeah, I I felt like she could have had more. She should be standing on that bridge with Kyle Owen Hux at the end. Um, yeah. But maybe, like you said, maybe she'll come back and, and that'll... Well, they're saying, you know, that her, her suit, I mean, you saw her suit reflect that blaster bolt. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, you know, other uh, stormtroopers, uh, they're not so fortunate to have that kind of armor, but also... Oh, her chrome dome. <laughs> I laughed out loud. Uh, <laughs> it's also supposed to, supposedly uh, fire resistant. So we'll see. I, I, I hope she comes back. I really do. And I hope JJ does her right this time because he started all of this you know finish it properly yeah did you have any other issues lori with the movie so i've only seen it once and i was mm-hmm. so excited to be there that if there was a problem i don't know what it was i'm i'm kind of like you and talking to my boys talk about it like I said, I didn't want to talk about it too much because I just enjoyed the movie. Um, I was disappointed about Phasma because I want to see more of her. I was also um, disappointed about how they use Lapita in this movie because she's on the red carpet. I don't even know why she went um, because she had like that terrible quick scene and then there was she's done. I don't even so much, know what was happening there. There was so much going on. For what there. equates to a cameo. Well, how did Paul know to contact her? That's a really good question. Who was filming her fight? Well, you got to figure that's that hollow projector that everybody uses. That's a good hollow projector because it was just following her around and rolling with her. But still, like, how did I don't even know how all of that supposedly came about? Like, then only met her one time. So how would he even know to, hey, let's call Moscadata. She'll know what to do. That that was like the only thing during the movie, really the whole, that whole, this whole idea of Finn and Rose and this mission was like the only thing that to me during the actual movie, I was like, but they're following them. How long is it going to take them to get to this planet? find this cult breaker, get onto the ship, do all this stuff. How much fuel do they have left? What? Um, That was like the only thing during the actual movie. I was like, this doesn't really make any sense, but I was just like going with the flow. Um, One of the things that we did get to see was some growth with several of our characters. We saw Poe kind of grow up a little bit. He had some hard lessons to learn. And we saw Ray go through a journey um, with Kylo Ren. So who do you guys want to talk about first, Poe or Kylo Ren slash Ray? I think we should probably talk about Poe first because I think we're going to have more to talk about with uh, Kylo and Ray. Okay. Southern Cynic, you love you some Poe. You love you some Oscar Isaac. Did he need to grow up? Yeah. I mean, I always thought that Leia was grooming him to take over everything. I, it was kind of odd comparing him to his character in The Force Awakens in here. I, I feel like I didn't see all of that cockiness 
the first time around. So where did it come mm. from? I'm, I don't know, but uh, a lot of people are very upset about his uh, relationship between him and Holdo. Um, talks about, you know, misogyny going on and everything. And I just, I don't know. I don't know where they're going to take Poe from here. But I'm, I'm, I'm glad he learned his lesson to just shut up and let somebody else lead. You don't have to be the boss. <laughs> he did. He did learn that by the end. Uh, Lori, what did you think about Poe? I, I, I had mixed feelings about Poe in this one. Um, so I really loved Poe in the first, in the Force Awakens. I'm not gonna say the fourth, the first one in the seventh movie or however you wanna break it down. Um, he was so gung ho. He reminds me of every other man that you work with who's assured of their rightness. Um, <laughs> in the face of women who are trying to be like, look, we figured it out. Just sit down somewhere, take a load off, stop talking so much. And, you know, it, it, that kind of thing. But otherwise, I liked him. I, it, like I say, it was a different, it, well, you're right, it was a different take on him in this episode than in the one before it. So, um, he was just so ready to fight. I mean, he just was ready to blow things up. You know, the scene with the at the beginning with him and the bombers that got him the slap. It was like, yeah, you you took out one of their ships, but we lost all of our bombers forever. And and all those people. Like those and were all like the people, exactly. Like they're basically decimated. Like when you think about how many rebels were lost, how many resistance you know, people were lost in this movie. It's like harrowing how many folks died. Right. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Poe, I think, had his journey. He needed to grow up. I don't think he was being misogynistic, per se. I think he was being, sorry, Rob, a man. <laughs> I think he was just being a man and, you know, feeling like he needed to know everything and to be privy to all the information and unwilling to, like Lori said, sit down and shut up, which he needed to do. But instead he tried to form a coup, um, which backfired for him and really could have wrecked what the plan was all along. Did you feel some kind of way about um, Poe? Do you look at him differently through your man eyes? <laughs> <laughs> you know, honestly, I don't. Um, and yeah, I get it. Being the resident Y chromosome in the uh, in the chat here, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but what I saw was an evolution of the character from episode seven to eight. I I think we just didn't see those aspects of Poe's personality. Uh, just because he didn't get enough screen time to be developed that far. Mm -hmm. And this episode centered a little bit more around him. It wasn't really unexpected that he'd be the kind of Han Solo type, but I never asked that question until after I do it. I just run off half cocked. I jump in an X-wing and blow stuff up. Um, those were kind of senses I always got from episode seven. 
I thought with episode eight, uh, yeah, the biggest thing is, you know, sit down and let the people in charge run stuff. You don't need to, you don't need to control everything. That was the biggest thing for Poe, in my opinion. Okay, so Poe grew up. So Ray and Kylo, a lot happened. Glory, Kylo Ren. Kylo, so here's my thing about Kylo. I think he got his comeuppance early on when mm-hmm. Luke read him for filth <laughs> and then he gave up the helmet and everything trying he was a kid trying to play Vader as opposed to being his own evil being or whatever and he kind of evolved like him turning on Hux at the end or towards the end I would not have I didn't expect him to turn on Snoke I did not expect him to turn on Hux I don't think Huck, and Hux didn't expect it either. Cause he was like, what the shit? <laughs> like he didn't know what was happening. When- Hux was I mean, ready to kill him. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and then he got force choked for his efforts. Like, I'm gonna need you to sit down and shut up too, buddy. Like there's a lot of sit down and shut up in this, in this uh, mm-hmm. movie. People aren't sitting down and shutting up enough. and that's what's getting them killed yes like i'm gonna need you to sit down and shut up and just pay attention to what's happening read the room i need you to read the room (laughs) realize that snoke is dead and you don't have the force so talking trash is really not where you need to be right now like i need you to nod um and and he realized real quick that uh shutting up was the answer to whatever the question was. Um, so now we have- either shut either shutting up or saying yes, Supreme Leader. And yeah, and and so now we have a Supreme Leader Ren, who is still a little boy trying to play Sith Lord. He's not. Mm-hmm. He's no Darth Maul. He's no um um uh, not Grievous. Um Palpatine? Uh no. Dooku? <laughs> Dooku, that's the one. Oh, Count Dooku. Yeah, he was no Dooku. Like, he was not, he was never a real apprentice. He was a kid playing at apprenticeship, I guess is the word. Apprenticeship. So, <laughs> yeah, like, he wasn't, I never got the impression that he was a whole lot of inherent evil like he was rebelling against his parents who were these huge rebel stars and he had his uncle luke who was the world's best and last jedi and i'm gonna go run to the dark side like Mm -hmm. sitting down and shutting up is always an option so like that's kind of how i viewed him but i like i felt like if somebody had taught anakin that we wouldn't be in this mess Basically. Sit down, shut up. Okay. <laughs> I mean, Obi-Wan did try. I mean, he didn't say it in those exact words. His famous last words was Anakin, be patient. And Anakin would go off and have a temper tantrum. I mean, that's why everyone hated Hayden Christensen. It was like, Darth Vader doesn't throw temper tantrums. Okay. A, yeah, he does. He goes around force choking people when they displease him. That's a temper tantrum. It doesn't require, it's not all laying on the ground and screaming and throwing things. Um, but yeah, Anakin, uh, Kylo is a, is a shout out to young Anakin who was, we have all these high hopes for you. 
And he easily becomes disillusioned because there's one person who can offer him this one obscure thing that he thinks he needs, not realizing that it's a self-fulfilling prophecy at that point because you're going to make it happen, which he did in killing Padme, or at least being the cause of Padme's larger problem. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Killing younglings is not going to get go over well with any girlfriend, and if it does, I mean, even as, as sithy as I am, killing younglings is a bit much, like... I'm going to need you to not. We have to leave the baby. <laughs> There's a fine line. There is. And, and when you cross that line, we're going to have to discuss it. So, Southern Senate, can you speak now? I can try. I, <laughs> my sweet baby. But uh, I, I was, when I first saw it, I was like, where is all this? ambition coming from all of a sudden that he wants to be in Snoke's position. You know, I felt like he was not so grabbing for the throne, but trying to grab control of himself, you know? <clears throat> Rule of two. Rule of two. What, what Ray? He said, screw the Sith. Screw the light. Screw the Jedi. I, I don't this. But the the reason the rule of two exists is because the Sith would always try to assume power just like that. So they said, you know what? There, there just can't be more than two of y'all because the universe can't take mm-hmm. it. <clears throat> yeah. So I, I, I get his motivation for going after Snoke. I'm, I'm just very concerned about how he thinks he's going to rule anything, especially when you have somebody who's itching to put a dagger in his back at all times. Like, how are you going to work this out? You and Hux, and you need Hux because you're not emotionally equipped to run the galaxy. So I just, I, I, I don't know where his head was at. I feel like he was just running off half cocked and now we're going to have to see the end result of that of his uh yeah i think he was just pissed because snoke was saying uh, was basically disparaging him to ray and um almost setting him aside for ray and he snoke was just too sure of himself um it it really just reminded me of um return of the jedi when the emperor just kept talking too much to the point that Darth Vader threw him over the side. He just should have shut up. But um, like you said, sit down and shut up. So do you think that was a spur of the moment decision or was this something that he started to develop a plan for from the first time Snoke read him after he uh, came back from his uh, failure and uh, being defeated by Ray? I think the whole thing with Ray was him trying to get back into Snoke's um, graces. And when Snoke was saying those things about Ray and saying those things about him um, at the end, I think it was a play to prove to Snoke that he was wrong about him. I, I don't think that was a, a, a long range plan. See, you, you gotta think things through. So this is very concerning for me. This was a very- Yeah, like-, like I'm very concerned about what's going to happen um, in the next movie when, like, is Kylo Ren a leader? Is he a leader? 
And in order to be a leader, um, I believe Philip Price said, you have to have followers in order to be a leader. <laughs> and does Kylo Ren have any followers? He will by fear. No. And that's not going to be a good thing. Like I said, he, he, he needs hooks to get, keep that ship running. But does he have any acolytes? Which I think was what he was trying to make out of Ray since the mm -hmm. last movie. Yeah. You need a teacher. Yeah. And, I, and, and he's right, she does. It's just which teacher does she pick? Does yeah. she pick Kylo or does she pick Luke? And how long was Ray on that island? Like, I'm Probably always. been more than a few days. Yeah, I'm always interested in how the Jedi get trained so quickly in the movie. Like, I know she's not a trained Jedi, she's just starting her journey. Um, she's really still deciding, like Lori said, it, you know, she's gray right now. She hasn't really fully chosen, but I do think about who is going to train her. Is it going to be, like you said, Luke coming back to work with her? You know, um, I have lots of questions because someone, folks who haven't seen the movie and who are trying to be unspoiled, keep asking me, is this the final movie? Or did they leave it open for another movie? And I said, it's wide open for another movie. Nothing was finalized. But I'm worried about what's going to happen next just because what we saw with Ray and with Kylo. Yeah, didn't they uh, commission 10, 11, and 12 too? I've heard so many things. And now with Disney buying up Fox and, and all this you know, stuff going on. Who knows what they want to do to make money? The movies that Ryan is doing is, um, from what I understand, are not supposed to be connected to these characters. They're supposed to be completely new. It's a new oh, but in the Star Wars universe new trilogy. So, if they do more episodes, it's not going to be the ones Ryan's doing. It's probably going to be something that's coming what ten years down the road again. So, really, I think once this is wrapped up, the characters are supposed to. Be up. I don't know. I, 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 I could be messing. Well, Boyega was on the Graham Norton show, <laughs> which I saw today. And um, he was asked about a five movie contract. And he wouldn't, he wouldn't answer the question, which makes you kind of feel like if the answer was no, he would have said no, but he wouldn't answer the question. But that, that also could mean he doesn't know. Like, I, I think back to uh, Sebastian Stan, we're going to Marvel for a second. Mm -hmm. um, he signed a nine picture deal uh, well before Civil War. Mm -hmm. And it was basically not that they were necessarily gonna make nine pictures with him, but they held on to the option to use him That's a for good point. a whole nine pictures. That's a good point. So we don't know what's in the future, but I think we're all here for it. The last thing we need to talk about is the greatest moment of badassery in this movie. So take a moment, get your thoughts together. You can only have one. You can only have one moment of badassery and I already have mine because I've been excited about it. Um, I'm gonna start with you, Lori. Uh -oh. What was your, your greatest moment um, of badassery? Greatest moment of badassery. I don't know. I know, I'm on the spot and I don't know. Um, <clears throat> Ray kicked a lot of butt um, against the Praetorian Guard 
See, I'm at a disadvantage. I've only seen the movie once. I've only seen it once. Okay, so what's your moment of badassery? Because I'm, I'm drawing mm-hmm. My favorite moment of badassery was Chewbacca flying the Millennium Falcon and me realizing how much Han Solo held him back. <laughs> because I'm like, I said, this is the first time we really got to see Chewie take charge of the Millennium Falcon. He was flying the hell out of that ship. I was, I was loving it. That was like my favorite thing. That was my favorite thing. That's awesome. And I love me so. I have special feelings. I think I've said this in one of the DMs. I have special feelings towards Chewbacca, and I could tell you a story about Chewbacca and myself, but we'll save that for later. Um, Southern Cynic, what was your favorite moment of badassery? Oh I can only have one. Yes, girl. Yes, Leon with the <laughs> knife to your throat. <laughs> oh, can I tell? Can, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna help you. When I was watching the movie. The Praetorian Guard scene, that was, I told you that I screamed out, yes, bitch, yes, in front of my son, and I felt bad <laughs> as a mother. But as, as I was watching it, I was like, I want to watch Southern Cynic watch this scene because I can just imagine you in a puddle. My brain melted. God. I, it's between that and the battle between Luke and Kylo. And I, I why are you making me choose? God. Well, since you've already named two. You already did. You already did kind of name two. Okay, I'm going to go with um... shit. Shit, this is hard. (laughs) (laughs) I loved it all. You won't get in trouble for choosing one. You can still love more than one in your heart. Okay, I'm gonna have to go with Luke walking out in front of the walk in front of those walkers after you realize, you know, that that line, that throwaway line from earlier that, you know, what do you expect me to do? Walk out in front and face the whole front uh, first order. Him walking out there yeah. with his fresh beard on and his Gucci Jedi robes looking all <laughs> like, I dare you to come challenge me. Just seeing him his yeah. presence. In that you moment. must come at me. And then the whole battle. Come at me, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and my son mentioned that. Um, did he have Anakin's lightsaber? Uh, he didn't actually oh, have that, that's it. That's something about Anakin's broken lightsaber. He mentioned something, and it was such a flash. I mean, the the Ray lightsaber had. that Luke has always used, uh, when it wasn't the green one he built in Jedi has always been, it's always been Anakin's. Anakin's. Yeah. So where's the one that Ray had? Ray had the broken one that got broken in the fight with the Praetorian Guard. Yeah, but Luke was projecting that, that saber. Right. Right. Yeah, he I never actually it. had it in oh, his hand. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. Right. It was a lot of stuff about that fight that I didn't pick up on until the second viewing, especially with them, uh, with uh, the footprints in Assault. Notice mm-hmm. that uh, that when Kylo was stepping in, coming into his stance, you could see the red, him moving his feet, but not with Luke. Um, and then, yeah, the, the lightsaber thing. I Yo, wait a minute. I see Ray pick the lightsaber up and leave Luke. And I didn't I, realize yeah, he didn't have it. I did not notice that. Yeah. Wait a minute. Now you're going to have to go watch it again. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you know, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> You're terrible. <laughs> Just saying. I need to come over to your house since you're my neighbor. <laughs> come on down. So what was your favorite moment of badass? Or uh, you guys mentioned them already. It, it, if I had to choose, it'd be between uh, Luke and the Adats, Luke and Kylo, um, the Praetorian Guard fight, or, and I'm surprised nobody's mentioned this, but Finn and Phasma. Granted, it was only two minutes of screen time, but my God, it was a great two minutes. I wish it had lasted. It lasted much, much longer. But you know, from reading books outside of the movie universe, you learn that Finn has been trained as a, as a stormtrooper on all these weapons. He knows how to use that. They were mm -hmm. built to resist lightsabers. They were built as a defense against lightsabers. And when Phasma pulls out that pike, you go, this is an all new weapon. I don't know what this does. No, that's her pike. Um, it's in the Phasma book. I guess she always carries it on her now or something, but um, she had that pike from her book, from her home world, Parnassos. Yeah. Well, she had it at this moment. I'm just saying someone who, as someone who's not read the books, which I have, but like someone who's only seen the movies, they haven't seen that fight before. So it's a brand new thing to them. That made, that made that battle a little bit extra in my opinion. You know, and they're fighting in the burning yeah, ship. Agree. You know, only a fool fights in a burning house, but you know, kind of a beat stolen from Star Trek three. Mm. Speaking of Star Trek. I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> His shirt says keeping up with the Kardashians, but it is Star Trek Kardashians, not Kim Kardashian. Because I kept seeing the Kardashians and I'm like, what's happening with that? Nice, <laughs> nice. I agree with, with all of you um, with your moments for, per se. Um, my, and I was saying before we recorded, my favorite Finn and Phasma scene was actually the series of gifts from the Graham Norton show because I am heavily <laughs> shipping them now. And listeners, if anyone wants to write me some Phasma Finn fan fiction, um, I will read it. I've been looking for some so for you. you There's can not a lot out there. It's not. Hey, it's oh, not. I just had a brilliant idea, but I have to finish my, uh, my Thrawn fanfic first. Yes, you owe me Thrawn, and I haven't forgotten. I just hadn't mentioned it to you. Nah, I've, I've been slacking. I know. Um, oh, wait a minute, Lori. You write as well, girl. Come on now. I need some fanfiction. But wait, just... On fanfiction, too, I... You know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this, and it's gonna be a very unpopular opinion. Uh-oh. As a tall woman, I cannot ship a tall woman and a short man. I can't do it. Listen. Especially with that much of a height difference. Like, did you everyone, see the like, gif? I was triggered. I was triggered. Did you see the gif I'm talking about? Yes, I did. And I'm I'm like, yeah. I'm I a know. tall woman too. We're tall women together. So I think you're a little bit taller than me. I'm just five foot ten barefoot, but with shoes, I'm you know, six two. So I love that feeling of towering over a man like that, like in my work life. Oh, like, most definitely. I love that. And even, you know, somewhat in the, like how he was looking at her, 
when she stood up and towered over him and looked down at him and he was licking his lips, I was like, oh, I am feeling things. I am feeling things. You know, I, I am like, things are clenching. I like that. And, but mm. I, I like that picture of her grabbing Oscar Isaac by the, by the jaw. But yes, that's a good one. Too. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> that's a good one too. She is power um, and does not is not afraid of her power of 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 of, of exuding her power. I should say. Mm-hmm. She's like, I gotta take these little men and put them in their place because they don't know what they're supposed to do. I just love that she is a tall woman and she's wearing heels. I, there's a woman I see her at Starbucks and she looks she looks just like Gwendolyn Christie like she's tall blonde thin and she's always wearing heels and I always like I don't know her but I will always speak to her I'm like I'm loving you in those shoes and she's like us tall girls have to stick together I think at but the yeah. premiere she wore heels because I, I, I think I remember a picture of her being taller than Adam Driver and he's already a giant mm. yes he has big feet. He's got big everything. I'm gonna walk away. Yeah, I don't that's understand probably why they best. make his voice. Why do they make his voice sound like? Because you see how big his nose is. Probably his allergies. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but but they do an effect for his voice, correct? That's like an effect. That's like not his normal. No, I voice. think it is. I think I he's think just kind of being nasally oh about gosh. it. Oh my gosh. I thought they were trying to do some kind of Darth Vader effect with his voice. That's just how he talks. Oh, <laughs> I don't know what the they do, but his voice is just like that. Oh, he sounds like Napoleon Dynamite. My God! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Southern Santa. I don't understand the Adam Driver hate, but okay, everybody has. I don't hate Adam Driver. I don't like. I don't like tantrums i don't like whiny men i don't mm. but he is cute yeah and he is tall um oh wait can we can we circle back to the fanfic for just a second yes yes what were you gonna oh, say so picture something happens between phasma and finn you know they break up whatever lends even more weight to that line uh after he smacks her with the, the baton, and she says, you were always scum. <laughs> well, Dan doesn't seem like a bad boy to me. I don't know. But all the fix that I've seen so far have been um, that recalibration. Yeah, reconditioning. Well, he doesn't have to be trash yes. for her to think he's trash. She has methods. And I'm all about them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to delve into, you're, you're going to have to help me. I've been delving into it myself, but I, that's a rabbit hole I need to be careful of because. I'll wow. help you out. You know, I, I'm, uh, so we're going to call it 1025. That was the time when the mood, when the podcast went decidedly after dark. Oh, you don't know this about our podcast. Um, it has, we sometimes delve into wholesome and shameless. And that's where we just went to wholesomeness ah. and shamelessness. But um, we are going to end this wonderful conversation because um, once Southern Cynic and I go down this road, it can go left quickly. And, and 
Yes, sir. Oh, I'm saying you, you brought me into this conversation. You have no idea how left it can go. I don't know if I want to know. You probably don't. We'll talk in the, we'll talk in the DMs. We'll talk in the DMs. <laughs> everybody says. So every, because it needs to stay in the DMs. Uh, so everybody, thank you for listening to this special podcast where we are talking about The Last Jedi. This is at C. Talene. You can find me on Twitter at C-T-A-L-L-E-E-N. Southern Cynic, tell them where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter at Southern Cynic. And Rob, where can folks find you? You can find me on Twitter at Smooth Like Mayo. All right. And Lori, where can folks find you? I'm on Twitter at Geekazon. At Geekazon. So everybody, thank you for listening. Please remember that this podcast is part of the Brothers Comics family of podcasts, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and wherever the, where I did it again, wherever the, wherever quality podcasts are found. Thank you, everybody, and good night. Thank you.